Good evening. Uh, we're, good, evening. good evening. I'm on. I'm on a, a different computer and a different microphone. So excellent. Yeah. So any number of things could go wrong. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And now that you said it out loud, they will. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. So that looks good. That looks good. And as I was explaining to Zach, and now it looks pretty stable. But um, this microphone in my settings here on the computer, it keeps raising its own volume uh-huh. it so, just wants to be heard yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh just in case feel free to let me know that i'm being too loud and i will go in and adjust so that i'm not noted if i yeah. start holding the phone like four feet away from my head i'll know yeah hi guys how's it going hi fantastic great absolutely amazing oh good good what have you been up to this weekend working oh that's unfortunate yeah do you okay so do you get to have um do you get like a weird schedule zach or do you have to have like two days off you know like now and three days on like what's your schedule like no it's actually really um really steady i pretty much one week i'll go well, it's been a little bit weird lately because of vacations and stuff. But one week I'll – I just work in a community pharmacy. So one week I'll work Monday through Friday, off Saturday, Sunday. Then the next week I'll work um, Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday. Then Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay. Okay. So this was That's one of my – well, I've actually worked the last three Saturdays. Um, but So then today I was just catching up on errands and shit. Awesome. Cleaning my closet for the first time in a couple of years. Wow. Nice. Nice. <laughs> how about you? I, uh, how, how was your weekend? It was it was good. We uh, I I always feel bad when like there's a party that I don't go to, right? And so a friend of mine had a 50th birthday I was over there. the weekend that I Oh yeah? How yeah. was it? It was fine. I left early. Well, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I uh, I kind of figured that I would have to had I gone, but I'm just like the thing is <sighs> Any party that's on a Friday is not my bag. I am tired and I'm grumpy on a Friday. Like, I've been working. It's been a long week, almost every week, because, you know, I work in the welfare office. And that is (laughs) never a dull moment. But, you know, it never ends. And so, you know, Fridays I'm spent. And so I just am not, you know, I'm not party central on Friday. And I always feel bad. But I, I just didn't. I just didn't go this time. Oh, so we had we had totally the opposite experience. So we had um, two Halloween-ish parties this Friday, and uh, we attended both of them. Huh. And uh, so the the, <laughs> the first one was um, Jesse, who was my best man. It was his Halloween party. Oh, okay. Okay. And I would have uh, gone. That would have actually been fun. Those are fun people. That's true. Yeah, you've been to those. And so their their parties yeah. are they're just it's just a beer pong tournament. Sure, of course. They say course. we're having a party. They put up two different tables to play beer pong. There's a whiteboard right. somewhere where you keep score about like who's winning more than who else. And you play beer pong the whole night. And if you're not playing beer pong, then you're socializing. And then when it's you're up to play beer pong, then you do. And that's <laughs> that's it. That's the party. And it's very fun. It really is. But it also is like, you know, that's that's just it. That's all you do. And, right. It's uh, the same thing every time. Every single time. And uh, so, so we went there first because they started earlier. 
they started at uh, 7, but we were invited to come by by 6 because we were VIPs or whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> Get started early, yeah, right? Yeah, we showed up at 7.30, but... Um, <laughs> Fast and blue yeah. So so we went and we played our beer pong and then what what we do because my wife and I are not we don't mind that people smoke weed. That's that's a fine thing in the world, but we it's they smoke a lot of weed in the house. Ah, uh, yeah, and if you're non smokers, the house is not the place to do it. Exactly. And so and, and, and we know that it's us. Every single other attendee of the party is so happy. To smoke weed. (laughs) There's 20 people there, and they're all passing blunts around and having a great time, and we're off in the corner going, ugh, I feel like I'm getting a little bit, you know, what what do you call it when you're getting high but you're not actually smoking? like uh, Contact high. Contact high. Like, I'm feeling a little contact high coming on. I don't like being high. I don't, and it's it's not their problem. Plus, blunts are, you know, they contain tobacco, too. So yeah. if you if you don't smoke tobacco and you happen to be sensitive to it, like that's just a lot of you know, a lot of head change going on for not being oh, sure. a participant. Well, I mean, and we're neither of us are too bad on the tobacco part. It's just the weed, and so there's a right. usually a point in those parties now where we just go, all right, well, that's about <laughs> it. Yeah, this is enough. Otherwise, I can't drive home. Yeah, and so and the and what sucks is that like with these parties that Jesse used to. He used to throw parties all the time, and there would be weed, and it would just be people in the backyard smoking weed. Right. And if you didn't want to get a contact, I would go in the backyard. Right. But ever since he got this new house, he's doing it in the house all the time, and it's like, gee, all right. Well, we've reached maximum contact high, so I guess it's time to go. Right. (laughs) And so this actually, when we left the party this time around, uh, (laughs) it was just the time to go. Too much, too much smoke was in the air and stuff. And so I went up to Jesse and I was like, "Hey, uh, we gotta go." And we had already kind of said that we have two parties to go to that night. And he was like, "Oh, you gotta go? Why?" And our friend Eric had just arrived, and so I decided to say, "Cause we fucking hate Eric." <laughs> <laughs> and he believed me. Just right. He was like, "Oh my god!" And he was like, ready to kick Eric out. And I was like, "No, no, no, no!" Like I'll never invite him again, dude. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Like, no, 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 Eric's fine. Eric's fine. We just have two parties. Uh, we have to get to the second yeah, one. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Just kidding, Joseph. And so we went to that yeah. 50th birthday party, and it was fine. And there were people there and stuff, and we talked to them. And then eventually we were like, hey, the baby's sleeping at uh, my mom's house tonight. Maybe we can just, like, go have a beer at a bar and then go home and go to bed early anyway. Right. It was great. But... um <laughs> Back to the hating Fridays thing. We were both talking today about how we were saying we love parties on Friday because then we have the weekend. We didn't do anything this weekend. We, like, stayed home and cleaned the house and stuff. We So, okay, we got a fridge from from our friend Tree uh, back. And we've had it since Adams. So for probably a month now, five weeks, we've had this fridge uh, just sitting in our living room. (laughs) <laughs> it was a bitch to get in the house, you know, and it was so it was on. And one day uh, last week or the weekend before, Jenny was at a bachelor party, and so she was gone. And so I moved it in the kitchen, and I like moved everything out of the way of where where it is now, you know, because so basically the the upgrade here is that this fridge is about an inch or two shorter 
than the fridge that we were using, and it allows it to fit into this overhang that we have by our stove. We have a we have a cabinet that goes, you know, it's like a it's a five foot up off the ground cabinet. But this, you know, the current fridge that we had was just too big to fit in it, so it wouldn't wouldn't go. So this one slides in it, and it'll save room, right? So finally, I, I plug it in, you know. But the problem is, it had been sitting unplugged in our, you know, living room for. A week, two weeks, a month <laughs> before I actually plugged it in. So the freezer was terrible. It just stank and stank no matter what I did. So finally, like, I scrubbed it with a bunch of baking soda and water, and then I threw a bunch of vinegar on it, you know, and then I did that twice, and it was fine, completely odor-free. And so, so I, you know, that's what I did this weekend was I swapped it over. And so now my other fridge is here, and I just cleaned that, you know, today. And... uh it's it's food free my other fridge okay and i'm gonna but my so my garage the i you know the door to walk into the garage to the backyard is very narrow it's much too narrow for a fridge to fit in it so i have a choice here i can either walk all the way around the, the block, block essentially yeah. <laughs> and put put this fridge in the alleyway and then go back into my house and then go through the backyard and open the garage and bring it in. Or I can leave it in the alleyway. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, that's essentially my, you know, I have one of two choices. It's to take it in the alleyway and then go back and bring it in the garage or take it in the alleyway and say, here, free, it works. You know. <laughs> Either way, you're going to the alleyway. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> so... What would happen instead of somebody taking the fridge, someone would set up camp. Somebody else would drop a couch and somebody else would drop a table and like a little hot plate. And then all of a sudden people would just be living there. That's true. <laughs> Somehow they've patched it into the, the electric, like, you know, the city electric on the pole. Yeah. Somehow. So, I saw a dude charging his phone the other day that way. Really? Like he Seriously? Had, he's just walking around with a multi-tool downtown Stockton and he patched it. Was, it was one of those... Um, like the uh, the traffic light, or, or you know the the thing to announce the pedestrians. It's just by itself. It's just a sitting thing by itself, and it's got like a little electric like buzzer on it, or not a buzzer, like a sensor, you know. And this dude had like unscrewed a panel and was like was charging his phone, and I was like, uh, <laughs> I didn't have time to stop him and be like, hey, first of all, is that safe? Second of all, is that legal? Like, third, what? Just what are you doing? But like, you know, the answer to the first two questions was no. Yeah, right. Sure. No, it's not safe, but no, it's not legal. But hey, to each their own. You, you know, you got to charge your phone, man. Nowadays in society, you have to have a working phone. Clearly, it's important. Priorities, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have some fridge news too, or just a fridge story. It happened this Either weekend. Um, we went to so our, our house is very very old, and so you don't necessarily want to drink the water out of the tap. Sure. So we have a fridge that gives water and there's a water filter and everything. And so, you know, that's what we use to like fill up the baby bottles and the water that we drink and stuff like that. And the water stopped working. And so, oh. yeah. And, and it's a, it's a big fridge. It's too big for the hole that it's in because the whole kitchen was redone before we moved in. And so I think. I'm pretty sure they built the hole where the fridge goes specifically to the exact specs of this refrigerator. Sure. So there's no room for error in there. And so in my 
attempt to get water flowing again because there was water coming to the house. It wasn't a house issue. It was a fridge issue. I had to pull the – Yeah, well, we'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) Just in working in technical theater, I know you always start as far up the chain as you can. So I I needed to start with, okay, is there water coming to the fridge? And in order to check first, yeah, that, first and foremost, is, is your computer turned on? Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. So I had to pull the fridge out in order to check the water line and make sure that there was water coming to the fridge. And that was a bitch of a job because that fridge, <laughs> there's, there's no margin for error in the hole that this fridge fits in. It, it fits. And why are you going to pull it out? Yeah, how dare you? Yeah, but this is this why. This is where it lives. This is its home, yeah. <laughs> so I spent about a half hour slowly pulling the fridge away from the wall until I could get back there and see that, yes, there was indeed water going to the fridge. The The problem ended up being that for some reason the fridge part had gotten too cold, and so the water filter had frozen, and there wasn't a flow of water. It was just frozen water. Gotcha. That wow. ended up being the thing, but I still, right now, I have to, I, I just, I'm going to get too mad if I do it again. But I tried to put push the fridge back into the hole, and it's stuck right now about halfway <laughs> in. So that's that's coming up as a uh, job, getting the fridge back where it goes. Why yeah. don't you, in the meantime, invest in a water filter for your sink, a Brita filter, as it were. I like those. Or a Pure. I do like those. But the fridge, like, it works now. I... I took the water filter out and sat on it like it was an egg and thawed it out and lowered the temperature of the fridge and did everything. <laughs> you made it. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. So now the fridge gives out pure water. It's just uh, not back in its home. Yeah. Did you see it this time? Yes. Sort of. Somewhat. Sort of? Yeah. The dude they had this time like really got that joke. But I've heard... That he, because they had got an actual uh, elderly gentleman, and I've heard that they had a real, real hard time like wrangling his lines. Which, mm. like, if, so from an actor's perspective, if you've ever been an actor who has lines to memorize, like, it's really, really hard to keep track of where it's going if you haven't done anything for a while, right? It's really easy if it's reactionary and it's like fire back and forth, you know, left and right, like, and you can see where the story's going. But if you've gone, you know, a couple of scenes without doing anything, it's yeah. real hard to just come in. And remember where, you know, remember your lines. So, like, I can fully get it, especially, like, if you're old and you had a hard time with your memory. But, like, you know, yeah. So, (laughs) at least he didn't fall asleep backstage like someone that we both know and love. Yeah. (laughs) No, I had the problem there at at Biz of uh, when we did Shakespeare. There were there were three very different actors on stage when we did uh, complete yeah. works of Shakespeare reduced. There was one young guy who was very good at knowing his lines and his scenes and what he was doing and not paying attention to anything else, and that was fine. Sure. And there was me, and I was paying attention to the whole thing. And then there was this other guy who kept talking about all the experience that he had as an actor because he was an elderly gentleman. And... um would constantly mess up, just constantly, show-stoppingly <laughs> mess up. Because, Zach, Complete Works of Shakespeare Reduced um, is three people on stage 
for two over two hours doing what their estimation of the complete works of Shakespeare. Yeah. Okay. The abridged version. The abridged Hence version. The yeah. yeah. And so if one of you is constantly getting lost and maybe you're in the middle of the big Othello scene and he jumps to Hamlet. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. It's really hard. It throws you off big time, I'd imagine. Yeah. And so for me, like I am not in any hurry to get back on stage and act after that show because I spent the entire time being the cleanup crew. And it's so scary. And it's, it's so high energy. It's got to go so fast, like to not be able to trust that the dude's going to catch it. Like that's so that sucks. And he was constantly saying to us, I, you, "Tonight I have it. I know it tonight. I know it all. I can do it. Tonight is my night. Oh, I got okay. it all." And he would say it to us every night. And every night he would not have it. And so, <laughs> not only did I have to have my lines memorized, so it's it's a two hour show. Right. It's 120 minutes. And divided by three, that's 40 minutes of talking each that you have to have memorized. Oh, my God. So I did not just have to have my 40 minutes memorized. I had to have most of 120 minutes memorized in case. And the other kids, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that way when he messes up, then you kind of know where you're at. Yeah, the kid would have been fine if everything went exactly as scripted. But, but had no idea what to do when it wasn't. Exactly. And so when the right. guy went off into some weird uh, space, I had to make up a reason to jump in and say, are you sure you want to say that right now? What if you wanted to say this <laughs> instead? And then right. he yeah. would look at me but, like I personally insulted him. And then the other uh, guy would jump in and go, oh, okay, that's what we're doing. All right, I'm going to go there. I'd be like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so... I, I was in uh, 1930s radio hour. Mm. And so I came into the show. A friend of mine, I was 16 at the time, 17 perhaps. Uh, and I came into the show with about three weeks before they opened because somebody else, a friend of mine had got, um, had a flare-up of Bell's palsy. And his face uh, became paralyzed and he couldn't say the words anymore. So, well, what, so that was true. But that did not prevent him from going and doing... Um, uh, the you know the sharks and the jets. What's that one? West Side Story. About a week after we were supposed to open Yikes. in Manteca. So so it was like, all right, dude, come on, what a dick. But I get it. So so anyways, I came into the show like really late in the game. You know before they opened, and it was it was in Tracy. You know, and so uh, ah, I was 15. That's what it was. My mom had to drive me. Well, I wasn't even driving myself. I was 15. And so, but one night. I came on stage, and it was supposed to take place in the winter, you know, and it was like a 1930s radio show. Like, I was the producer of the show. Nick Cohn was my character, and I also did the sound effects and stuff. And so um, I run on stage, and there was a guy, a character that was already sitting there, and there was this old dude. And I always had time, I always had a hard time getting these first lines out. So I, I run on stage, and I say something, and I say, like, the second or third line that I'm supposed to say. And rather than this guy, like, picking it up, he just goes, nope. <laughs> I'm on stage and I just said something. I'm like super high energy. He goes, nope. I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh. Yeah. Lesson learned, though. Fucking learn your lines. Yeah. Or you get out there, you flounder. Nope. Just not it. Not playing. Nope. I want to go back to the weed thing and the smoking of course, weed please. thing. Yes, what? Um. <laughs> 
<laughs> Zach, do you have any experience with marijuana that you would be no. comfortable? You just don't. I, I just don't. Yeah. Okay. If I did, I probably wouldn't want to uh, say it anyway. To divulge, sure. yeah. Yeah. Have, but, you ever, uh, have you ever been in any situation where someone offered you anything or anything like that? A couple times. Okay. Yeah. A couple times at school. Then that one uh, that one camping trip with those kids. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. But that was weird. It is... That was <laughs> really weird. They, yeah. just, but, they, they were on a different camping trip. James, we, we, we go on camping trips, and yeah, we might get real drunk, but mostly we're just there to kind of play board games and go down to the beach. And these people were, well, on, yeah. A, yeah. And these people were on a much different camping trip, and uh, they, they just wanted us to be a part of their, their time. And uh, it wasn't, <laughs> it, it wasn't going to happen. No. <laughs> okay, that's good. I just wanted to... But, but wanted, yeah, no... You know, had opportunities, but just never, you know, uh, you know, in undergrad almost a couple of times, but never came up enough. And then during pharmacy school, there was plenty of people that um, did it, but I was always too nervous because they could randomly drug test us whenever. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. So it, it stands to reason then that you've also not tried anything else, anything, you know, stronger or, you know, alternative to cannabis no no (laughs) (laughs) just uh just my trusty alcohol there you go yeah i I stick with that too i i i used to smoke weed especially like through high school and then mostly through college and then there came a point where i kind of had to choose because i don't crossfade well if if I drink and I smoke weed, then I will throw up and I will also feel bad all night and all the next day. Right. You can't handle it. Yeah. And so Too much poison. And so it was just like, okay, well, what do I like better? And I like drinking better. So now I just do that. Right. And even, even as far as anything more, I once took some cocaine and gummed it, you know, where you kind of rub it on your gums, uh-huh. which is the smallest amount of cocaine anyone can ever do. And I hated it, so that's that's it. Did that produce any sort of head change? Not a head change. I just became jittier, jit, jitterier. Ah, that's a hard word to say. Yes, I'm it proud is. Of you just now. Thank you. I <laughs> uh, see. Okay, so I tried uh, weed pretty early. I was uh, I was thirteen, and my stepbrother uh, sort of let me try it a couple of times. The first time, I didn't ever. I didn't get high at all. And then the second time I did, and I sort of felt like my head was floating and everything was really funny. And like, the, you know, like anger was not at all a possibility. Like negative emotions were not at all anything that I felt. And that's what I, you know, why I sort of kept chasing it. It was like because of the laughter and because of the floating, you know, which as, as a heavy dude, because I was, you know, I was a 300 pound 12 year old. So as, as a heavy dude to feel that light and floaty thing, like that was amazing, you know, and, and every, you know, the funny thing was also amazing too. So, um, I, I smoked before I really drank or, or did anything like that. Right. So that was my first experience. I never, to this day, I've never, ever, ever tried cocaine, um, or any other thing like that because I was afraid of what would happen if I liked it. Yeah. You know, you know, so now I have done mushrooms probably, you know, too many times to count like upwards of a hundred. Um, but again, when I was younger, you know, it's not like I still am. <laughs> 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 I'm going on these journeys all the time. 
you know. <laughs> yeah, no, you're a guy with like a rent a rent payment to make and stuff. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. And a and a real life to live. You know, there there's a point where I you know, I highly recommend it. If you haven't you know, if you've never done it, you know, highly recommend taking mushrooms one time in your life at least. Just because it opens up for me personally, it opened up the way that I thought about the world. You know what I mean? Like it, it got me instantly in tune to like a deeper feeling and a deeper sensation of like wonder, you know, mm-hmm. than 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 I had ever really felt. It was it was the closest that I had come to having a religious experience was was on uh, psilocybin. So, uh, you know, and, and then you know, and I I never even really researched Timothy Leary until just recently. I, I watched a documentary on him, and it was fantastic. Highly recommend it. it's on on Netflix if you if you're into watching documentaries. It was great. Timothy Leary. Now I have to look him up. American psychologist and writer known for advocating the exploration of the therapeutic potential of psychedelic drugs under controlled conditions. Okay. Yeah. I could see that having a, a good amount of merit. Yeah. Now there are certain people that I believe firmly should never, ever, ever, ever try any sort of psychotropic drug okay. or hallucinogen. <laughs> but uh, I, for the most part, I believe like 80, 90% of us should absolutely try it once. You know, that, that whole mind expanding thing, I think is really, really important to like, you know, living in peace and stuff. <laughs> so I, I hung out with a friend of mine once who, who decided to do mushrooms for the first time. And am I correct in remembering that citrus and citric acid kind of heightens it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vi- vitamin C theoretically, I don't know if there's very much science to back it, but, but that's a very common mythos you know that, always drink some orange juice that's what that's what he thought so he was drinking this mormon orange juice stuff because he was squatting in this house and uh he needed food and it turns out if you need food go to the mormon church and tell them that yeah just kind of listen to them talk about mormonism for a while and then they'll give uh, you a bunch of food to take home and it's good food too yeah and so one of the things was a powdered orange drink oh yeah and so he drank a bunch of Mormon orange juice after he did the mushrooms. And it just, just seeing him made me think like, I don't think I want to do that just because I don't know. It, he just, it didn't go well for him. He was pretty sure his dog was a time machine. And then he tried to get inside yeah. of his dog. Yeah. It, just stuff I, like so that. It amplifies everything. Right. So for me, every emotion, every thought that I had was like a million times more intense than it normally was. So like, well, okay, perfect example. You know me. I'm not a violent person, right. right? I've never been in an actual fight with anyone, right? So, but one time, my friend and I, we had just, we were we were on mushrooms and we had just, uh, uh, we were about to go to the park. Well, so before we went to the park, my friend asked me if I had a knife. And I was like, why? You know? And because I lived in Manteca at the time and he was like, I don't know, man. He's like, we're, you know, it's the nighttime. He's like, and we're going to be outside. He's like, I would just feel a little bit more safe. If I had a pocket knife and I was like, okay, cool, you know, no problem. So I, I went and got him this, this knife that I had that was kind of a, an inward curved blade. It looked like a talon, like a three inch long talon, you know, and I gave it to him. We came back and we were rolling a joint and the knife was sitting on the table and I just rolled the most perfect joint that I've ever seen in my life. It was straight. It was almost as thick as a highlighter. Like a, it was about as thick as a sharpie, but like all the way across straight, hmm. and it was end to end filled. It was like the the most perfect, like textbook perfect, like rolled joint. And I was like, yes, you know, which which again 
the the shrooms like sort of enhanced my ability. Like there are other things that like my my physical dexterity you know have been enhanced by. But so anyways, I look down at this at this knife on the table and I grab it. I pick it up and I open it, and I put my finger on the blade, and I look down at this knife and I look at my friend William, and I just thought, huh, I, I wonder what he would do if I stabbed him right now. Hmm. Hmm. Right. And then I look down <laughs> at the knife and I look back at him and I was like, well, he probably wouldn't like it too much, you know. He he. The, you know, if, if I just did it once, we could probably talk about it, you know, but then but then if I did it a couple of times, you know, and then I saw so I, I got really, really deep into this thought train of like, what would happen if I stabbed William right then? And then I realized that I was thinking about this, like with my finger still on the knife. And I was like, whoa, holy shit. And I scared myself. Right. And I, so I put the knife down and like I had to go and walk away. And like I went to the garage and I convinced myself not that I was ever, ever even going to do this. But I was like, look, I don't really want to stab him. I'm not going to stab anyone. I don't want to stab my friend. You know, I'm not going to go and stab William. Like, it's okay, but maybe we just put the knife away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so so I can totally see a person having a bad time. You know, you have to you have to be, like, it has to be controlled. The environment itself has to be controlled. Otherwise, you know, things can run away with you. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that you guys um, brought the subject up, and I think at some point, um, I'm not sure which of you mentioned it, but mentioned um, you possibly using this stuff for uh, treatment of certain things, or maybe you didn't, I don't remember, but um, the FDA actually has been looking um, a bit more at, um, like, ecstasy and, um, and psilocybin, mushrooms, yeah, yeah, at, yeah. Uh, for treatment of depression and PTSD, yeah. Well, that makes yeah. that makes a ton of sense, even just based on. Um, isn't it that Adderall and methamphetamine are almost indistinguishable chemically? Well, I mean, yeah. Adderall is amphetamines, yeah. Yeah, so it just okay. Adderall is amphetamine, so it's just like if you give it, if you are controlled enough, and you give it to the person who actually needs it, it could be very helpful. Right. It's not something so, just like no. Not everyone should have Wellbutrin. Well, butrin is very right. helpful for the people who need it. The, on, a, on a molecular scale, now I don't know how much truth there is to this, but I've heard that the reason that you can't drug test for psilocybin is because on a molecular level, it looks just like the molecular level for the pleasure receptor that you have. The thing that, you know, that, that turns on when you have like the, the uh, epinephrine or, or whatever the neurotransmitter is that activates when you're, when you're feeling pleasure is like one like node off from the psilocybin so it's like almost undetectable it just looks like there's pleasure going on from what i you know and again i don't have the science to back that up but that's right. what i've heard as to why it doesn't why it doesn't drug test well you can't you know just test for it yeah unfortunately i don't have much information with uh mushrooms either that's something they don't really teach you about in the in pharmacy school you don't really well not it. yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah not yet go to a few years, years. Well, and this, yeah. that actually, that reminds me of something that I learned today, which goes back to something from an episode or two ago, James, where you were talking about how spiciness we feel is hot, but isn't actually, uh -huh. it just activates that in our brain. Right. I learned today that it's, it's what you said, but a little more where it's okay. that food that is spicy contains whatever the chemical is and what it does is it. Um, reduces the ability of your tongue to withstand temperatures. 
So then the your so internal the air becomes hot. Not just your the air, but it's your body temperature. Your body oh. temperature becomes too hot to handle for your tongue. That's deep. That's science. I don't know if I right. like that. <laughs> I don't like that either. <laughs> but that's that's why you can weaponize it. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh man, that's scary. It's it's like is that psychological warfare? Like if you hit somebody with a bunch of capsaicin powder, right? Like effect like because you're effectively you know affecting their you know psychosis. Their, yeah. The way that their mind is functioning, right? They I don't think know. that they're on fire. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And so in the, in the documentary, spoiler alert, he it follows him. So it follows his younger career, you know, and then it follows his uh, end of life. Um, you know, he wanted to have one last trip, as it were. And so he had all of his friends and his buddy, Richard uh, Ross, I think it was. Let's see. Uh, anyways. Ooh, last two decades. What? No, I want death. I'm just, I'm just going to try and fact check you with the Wikipedia article as we go. Go ahead. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so this documentary like follows him, you know, in the last stages of his life because he had some sort of cancer, and so but he wanted to trip one last time, and so his friend got him a bunch of a uh, bunch of LSD, and and he tripped until he died. Wow. Yeah. Twenty. There's some weird stuff in here. In 2015, Susan Sarandon, a good friend of Timothy Leary's brought some of his ashes and put them into an art installation at the Burning Man Festival. Oh. <laughs> they were burned along with the installation in 2015. He was diagnosed with cancer in 1995, but he did not reveal that to the press until after his friend Jerry Garcia died that August. Oh, sure, sure. Interesting. So the movie you're talking about, is it Timothy Leary's Dead? Perhaps. You may have said this uh, from 96. No, no, no. Not at all. It's, okay. uh, it's a very recent Netflix documentary. Fear and Loathing. He's mentioned. I don't know. Great movie, by the way. If you haven't seen it, it's got some of the best one-liners from, from Johnny Depp. Fear and Loathing? Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Dying to know Ram Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh I think so. I think that's it. Yeah. Twenty sixteen. With... Yeah. Ram Das. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's my list. Zach, have you seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? No, I was just about ready to um ask what that was. So good. It's um it's based on a novel slash very long essay that Hunter S. Thompson did in seventy one. And it's got uh, Johnny Depp as as uh, as Hunter, Hunter S. Thompson. Thompson, and who plays the Samoan guy? Benicio del Toro. Benicio who plays Doctor Gonzo. That's right, Doctor Gonzo. Yeah. So do do you know do you know much about Hunter S. Thompson? No, oh. not a not not a single not a single uh, bit. I love Never Hunter S. Thompson until he, this moment. He's one of my top, top authors. I, I even dressed up as Hunter S. Thompson for Halloween about seven years ago. I shaved the top of my head. I shaved my head <laughs> into the male pattern you baldness that Boyle. he had. Oh, yeah. Peter Boyle. Full Peter Boyle. Oh, by the way, where the Buffalo Rome, even though that's not Peter Boyle. But but no, great. Where the yeah. Buffalo Rome. It's another great Hunter S. Thompson movie with uh, Bill Murray. But he was just this guy. He was a great author who was like really good at – Attacking the meat of an issue 
it's really hard to put into words. He he was kind of covering counterculture in the 70s and 60s and covering stuff like that and crazy things that people were doing while partaking. Because he was a heavy, yeah. heavy drinker. He was a heavy drug user for pretty much all of the 60s and 70s. He was a pessimist, but he was absolutely up in everything. Yeah. Like he was right there doing it. He wasn't like a sit-on-your-couch pessimist. He was like, well, this is bullshit, but let's have another. Yeah. It's very interesting to, to just to look at his work because he's someone who exists. He's He was a very good author. He would not have been famous if he weren't a very good author, but he's – in my mind, he's a much more entertaining personality. It's really hard to put your finger on it, but he was just like always mm. mad, always drunk, always a little bit high, and I don't know. Fear and Loathing is a is a movie worth watching because it's a lot. That's more a more fictionalized version of his life than you normally get. Strangely, also for for like drug education, it's really really accurate as for what it's like when you're on mushrooms. Like, yeah. there's a scene specifically where, like, when he looks at some, like, the, the concierge's face and, like, his nose, like, like morphs into, like, this animal nose real quick. And then, like, the, the carpet, like, it's breathing, you know? And that's, it's really, really true and accurate. That's exactly what it feels like when you're tripping is, like, holes breathe, you know, and people's faces distort. It's a, it's a fun ride. Who directed that? Let's see. Oh. Terry, Terry Gilliam. Really? That, I mean, it's not surprising, but that's amazing. And he wrote it. That explains so much of the effects. Yeah, I feel like they were friends too in real life, him and Hunter S. Thompson. That sounds right. It's very Terry Gilliam. So if you like the Terry Gilliam stuff, Zach, then you'd, you'd enjoy it. Terry Gilliam, the movie, specific movie that you probably would know the best, if I know your father correctly, is uh, Time... What is it? Time Bandits. Honestly, I... Do that doesn't sound familiar. It's a group of midgets. Brazil, Brazil, sure. No, no. Okay, he was he was a member of Monty <laughs> Python though. He did all the uh, all the artwork for Monty Python. The only American, yeah, I obviously saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whenever he did the cutscenes and stuff of like the old ancient paintings, talking and losing their heads and stuff, he animated all of that. Oh, okay. And he—he he was the actually—he was—he was an American guy who was the only American who was a member of the troupe. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking. It looks like uh, Time Bandits, 1981. I was, you know, I, I never, never got exposed to that many like older, older movies. But I'll have to put it on. I'll have to bookmark them, and if I get a chance, I'll yeah. watch them. I, I have Time Bandits on DVD, and you can borrow it anytime you like. It's got. Anytime you ever meet anyone who says that they've seen every Sean Connery movie, bring that one up and they will be at a loss for words because Sean Connery <laughs> plays uh, King Agamemnon in that. The synopsis is hilarious. It's it's uh, pretty true to the movie, I would imagine. <laughs> a young boy yeah. accidentally joins a band of time-traveling dwarves as they jump from era to era looking for treasure to steal. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, that's essentially God. it. <laughs> it's got John Cleese as Robin Hood, Sean Connery as King Agamemnon, who, when you first see him, is slaying a minotaur, who's <laughs> just really obviously a guy with a really shitty version of a bull's head over yeah. his head. The special effects in these movies are something <laughs> so that fucking bad. write all about. <laughs> 
Napoleon's in there. I don't know who plays him, but the Napoleon spot is it's it's a really good movie. Oh my god! And I'll have con- to check it out. They're constantly have trying you, okay. to escape God. Go ahead. Have you seen <laughs> Tideland? No. Okay. No. So, as far as Terry Gilliam flicks go, like this one, like most of his movies are mind fucks, like clearly. But this one is. Like, he has to come beforehand and give you, like, a forward and a preface and, and tell you, like, so on the DVD, he's like, listen, he's like, what you're about to watch is kind of disturbing if you look at it as an adult. He's like, I wrote this from the eyes and the perspective of a child. You know, he's like, that's, he's like, follow the main character who's, who's this little girl. She's six. You know, like, try and have the innocence of a child when you watch this. Otherwise, you might be disturbed. You know, and he's like, I'm not sorry, but, you know, I just need to warn you. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard anything about this. So Me it's looks got, got Jeff Bridges and uh, the girl from um, uh, Silent Hill, who also, I believe, was in uh, School of Rock. Um, and so, but, but as a young, young girl, she's probably like six or seven. And Jeff Bridges plays... Uh, a heroin junkie musician who is her father. Uh, and she knows about his heroin addiction, but, but like, she doesn't know that it's an addiction. She calls it going on vacation. Right. And so, uh, but, it, but basically without giving too much away, cause I really want you guys to watch this movie. Uh, it, it's the, the movie splits back and forth between reality and her world, her imaginary world. Cause she's left to her own devices a lot. So, you know, she, she kind of, you know, goes back and forth into like a fairy world, but like not really, but like, you know, and she deals with some stuff that that are pretty, like it is pretty disturbing to watch from an adult's perspective. Like you're, you know, makes you feel uncomfortable the way that, that uh Requiem for a Dream does. Like the whole time you're just like, ah, like you feel like this ominous thing. But, but if you watch it from, from an innocent point, like a child, if you can actually let yourself do that, it's really funny. Like it's really, okay. <laughs> You know, it's 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 a brilliant piece because it does that. It it has both like this brilliant innocence of of a child, but it's it's also like disgusting. You know, the disgusting realness of it is just like whoa. But like, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm trying. I see in Silent Hill. I'm not seeing School of Rock for this girl. Oh, is it a different one? At the time, so at the time of filming, she would have been eleven. For School of Rock. No, for um. For uh, Tideland. Ah, that makes sense. Case 39, Tall Man, Cabin in the Woods. Oh. Oh, okay, I know who this girl is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. I'll have to check that one out, too. Yeah, it's creepy, but it's good. It's Okay, it's not, I mean, it's not as creepy as Brazil. Like Brazil was like borderline scary, yeah. right? Like Brazil is like, dude, Terry, like, what is going on, buddy? Like, you want to talk about something? But <laughs> yeah, but uh, but Thailand, like, it's just more of like a huh. Like it makes you kind of scratch your head a little bit. I did not know that Terry Gilliam directed Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. Yeah, yeah, and to watch him talk about what what they chose to do. When when Heath Ledger passed, yeah, was, uh, yeah. Are you it's aware of this, Zach? Mm-mm. Have you seen the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus? I remember hearing a lot about it when it came out, but I never ended up watching it. I'd highly recommend it. 
the the movie takes place in two different worlds. There's the actual world, and then there's kind of when they step into the Imaginarium. And Heath Ledger was this, he was like the main character guy. And they filmed all of Heath Ledger being in the regular world. And then he died. Before they could get to all of the Imaginarium scenes. And so every time he steps into the Imaginarium, he turns into Johnny Depp or Colin Farrell or who else, James? Hmm. Um, uh, Jude Law. Jude Law. Those are, those are the three big ones for sure. I think there's a couple others. But, um, no, no, that, that's it. Okay. It's only those. But, and it's, it's, I think he gets one. I think Heath Ledger himself gets one. I but think, then it's, I think it's the either, first yeah. one, he's there for the first one. But, um, right. And so it's really interesting that the way, the way that they did it. So, yeah, you're right. It's just those three. So that what, once he killed himself, they're like, but this is going to be a really good movie. And we have like a lot of stuff in the can. We have to figure right. this out. And so Johnny Depp, Jude Law, and Colin Farrell, all who are kind of friends of Heath Ledger, sort of stepped up. And they were like, we'll do we'll, – we'll kind of turn this into what this movie's about is like you're different people as – you know, whatever he's like working through being an evil person and trying to be a good person, but he's also actually oh. still an evil person. So whatever, every time he steps into the Imaginarium, he becomes he he looks different, and they kind of they explain I it see. in a very cool way. Yeah. So because like at the so the the bigger plot in this movie is it's a a battle between essentially God and the devil for souls. Yeah. You know, well, they don't say those words, but that's essentially what it it's is. Essentially, it's, what it's, it they, is. They say souls. You know, they're battling yeah. for souls. And Tom um, Waits. Tom Waits is the best devil they could have ever oh, cast, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he really is. He so okay. He said he calls him Parney. Hey, Parney. But I thought he called him Carney before, <laughs> which, which added a level of like meanness to it. Like, hey, Carney, <laughs> fucking, what are you doing? You know. Yeah. But no, Tom Waits, brilliant actor. Yeah, <laughs> who who knew? <laughs> He's like those guys, like most deaf and everything. Where you're like, wow, you're a way better as just as far as my experience. I enjoy most deaf way more as an actor than I ever did when he was a musician. Right, right. Well, so on deaf poetry, he's got pretty good poems. Okay, but but agreed. I I like watching him more as an actor than watching him more. You know, than watching him in that context. Yeah. Man, Imaginarium! I gotta rewatch that. That's a that should go right to the top of your list, there, Zach. Yeah, I was gonna say you guys have given me three three movies to watch now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not enough time in the world uh, to watch. That. No, as good as the other two goes, I would. It, my personal order would be: you should watch Imaginarium, Fear and Loathing, then Time Bandits. I would. I would say it's a tie between Fear and Loathing and Imaginarium. I love Fear and Loathing, but Imaginarium's a really, really good movie. So, ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would agree with that. That's a good, that's a good order. Wait, that's Andrew Garfield order. was in, was in Imaginarium. Was in part, yeah, totally, totally. He was the the love interest. He was, you know, with with obviously with his British accent. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I don't like him in general. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was good in that. I'm a big. I, he was. I, I I'm a big Spider-Man fan, and his his Spider-Man was not good. Okay, but compared <laughs> to Tobey Maguire's, here's the thing. Let me just say this about Tobey Maguire. 
as Spider-Man. That came out when I was 12. So, okay, we were young, so there's a yeah. nostalgia attached to it. Exactly. As good as I, I I mean as bad as I know he is in that role. Right. Spider-Man 1 for me was just that was my awakening into okay, I like superhero movies and so that's still where I live and that all started with that movie. Okay, agreed. But the yeah. third one I <laughs> felt like was dumb. Oh no, he you're, got all emo you're absolutely and he was correct. All dancing. But the first one and the second one, you're right. Like, yeah. I absolutely agree. The Tobey Maguire ones, like just in general. But yeah. from what I understand, so like they didn't really stick to the canon very much. Like Not at he all. grew the webs out of his hand. Yep. You know, rather than being a science genius who invented this webbing. You that, know, that was a that was a Sam Raimi thing, though. Right. Right. Sam Sam Raimi will ruin any any. Um, uh, <laughs> Well, I don't remember what I'm, I, I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of, but anything that's like an established <laughs> canon, like everyone knows everything about this, Sam Raimi will ruin it. Don't give right. him the opportunity. And if he'll he, make it an allegory for ejaculation. It's yeah, fine. any any kind of any, anything. <laughs> yeah, so just keep Sam Raimi far away from established things and let him do right. things that he can't hurt that are brand new <laughs> yeah and that no one knows anything about because in general he's awesome i love evil dead army of darkness is probably in my top 10 movies and absolutely as so i saw as... army of darkness first is before that right? i saw evil dead i oh, had yeah, no me too. idea that evil dead was scary right so that so the first time like my my friend was like oh yeah this is a sequel to to evil dead and i was like oh cool well let's watch evil dead then no, that shit is scary. That is frightening. <laughs> yes, like a rapey tree. What you can't, you can't get more frightening than that. Like a tree that's gonna rape you in your butthole. That is the most scary thing. And you have like, to cut your, off your, your arm and replace it with a girl. shotgun. Right. Well, that's cool, but frightening in yeah. nonetheless. Yeah. You know, or a, or a chainsaw, as it were. Yeah. Oh, you chainsaw. Know? That's but, right. Yeah. It wasn't shotgun. It was a chainsaw. Right. That's right. He's yeah. He's a shotgun in his other hand. Boomstick <laughs> and a and right and his chainsaw. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that musical. I think Showbiz should do that musical. I think Showbiz should do 1930s Radio Hour. Agreed. It's uh, it's the perfect thing for their stage. Yeah. Did you ever it's see? Got, did you see what? It's a Wonderful Life radio play? No, I have not. That's the proudest. That's the proudest I've ever been of total work I've done because I built that whole set. That was my first solo set design that mattered. And I was the Foley artist for that, and it was... For... That was the showbiz? When was it? Was I even around during that? It was time? just before my wife and I started dating, so it was Christmas time, 2014. No, see, I came around March 2015. Yeah. That's when 39 Steps was. Right. Right. Yeah, so that was... Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. That I loved it. I loved being a Foley oh, yeah. artist because I just – and it, it was just like I got left alone. I didn't really have to go to any rehearsals. I got left alone right. to plan out what I was going to do as a Foley artist in the 20s or whatever. We said it in the <laughs> 20s or the 40s or something like that. And so it was like, okay, you need to make this sound and it's the 20s. What do you do? Cool. All right. right. <laughs> I'm on it. I uh, So I used a Zippo lighter clicking in front of a microphone to, to sound like a door lock. Oh, I built, then, a, I built a door. So, I okay, funny thing. I was in Woodshop at the time, freshman Woodshop. So I had, I had to be a sophomore. Sophomore Woodshop, I guess. Uh, and then, uh, so I built a little door. 
I, I spelt like so the first week of the show I was building the door so it wasn't quite there and then I built the you know so I, I just used this this zippo to simulate the lock sound and then I built the door and I was super proud of it but and so I used it every show after that but the the zippo sounded much better yeah. people were just like ah it's a door but when I every time I did the zippo they were like oh it sounds just like a door lock <laughs> <laughs> yeah so for me I built the, I built the little. 12 inch by 12 inch door with door frame that I attached to the wall. And I think that was yeah. the key. I attached it to right. the wall. So it was like a really nice and slam sound whenever someone would open or close the door. It was great. That's awesome. Nice. They call that a practical door, right? Something like that. I don't know. I learned it from Tom Keith on, uh, on, um, what am I thinking of? Like Wobegon pre home companion. Oh yeah. Right. You ever see that movie? No, but I but I listen to the show on a regular basis. Hell of a movie! You can actually watch Tom Keith doing his whole thing because he was the sound effects guy. He's dead now, but dude, awesome. James, were you a D and D guy? Ever a D and D guy? Uh not really. No, I played once uh, when I was twenty with my roommates in Chicago, but we played a condensed version, and I didn't quite get the feel of the game. Um, and then I tried to play Vampire once, um, but yeah, so no, I guess not. I did a D20 Modern once, which is probably, I think, a lot like Vampire, and that was, it was weird. But, so I was noticing, yeah. because I'm I'm still playing um, Red Dead Redemption, uh-huh. and Red Dead is one of these video games, kind of like a Fallout or something like that, where you can kind of decide as you go along what kind of person you want to be. Right. You don't have to good always do the good thing and stuff like that. Like you could be a total asshole and just play the game just like yep, I'm an asshole. And so like in in Red Dead you get uh honor points and you get fame points. Which are very different because if you have very low honor and tons of fame, then you are infamous. And everyone knows who you are and what you can do, but they don't like it. They're afraid of you, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you're like a hero if you have tons of honor and tons of fame and stuff like that. But so as far as orientation, D&D orientation on there, or even in D&D, I was noticing that whenever I play a video game, or whenever I play D&D, I like to play as chaotic neutral. Okay. Are you, are you aware of these orientations? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. Zach, do you know how you generally play video games, what your orientation would be? Honestly, probably for the most part, chaotic good. Honestly, chaotic good. Me too. Yeah, I'm I'm there too. Normally, unless I like for unless I like make a conscious effort to do something differently. To, so I to do good. I may be chaotic good. I doubt it though, because especially in Red Dead, sometimes when I'm just like, I when you when you have to get from one town to another, you just literally have to get on your horse and ride for five minutes. Right. And like pay attention to the trails and stuff and take the right routes and, and every now and then. And so, so you're, you're constantly coming across like people in wagons and people on other horses and stuff who are going other places. And every now and then just to like, kind of, you know, make it fun, I'll just pull out my gun and kill them. And then I'll go sure. take all of their <laughs> possessions and keep riding. And so if there's chaotic a, evil. <laughs> well, I, I see, I think it's neutral because I don't do it all the time. I'm not like, Oh yeah. Anytime I see someone, I can kill them. And then I will have everything they own. It's just every now and then go, eh, let's just do it. Right. Why not? Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's why I think I, I, I'm chaotic 
neutral. So you guys both play as chaotic good. And so what? What? Wait. How okay. Would you... So what are the other subcategories besides chaotic for um, that that designation? Lawful and evil. So chaotic, ah, okay. chaotic, chaotic good slash chaotic neutral is actually newer. Fact check me on this sack. I am. Um, I am. Right. It's been a long time since I've done anything D and D related. So and, I, um... and I have all of your D and D books here next to me. So you can't <laughs> use those. Um, so chaotic, chaotic neutral, and chaotic good are. It used to be that you were either uh, good neutral or evil, and then within good neutral and evil, you could be chaotic neutral or lawful. So you could right. be lawful good lawful i guess it would be whatever so you'd be lawful so it, good lawful neutral i, I have a table up right when do it tell me tell me all about so it you can be so it's lawful neutral and chaotic so you can be lawful good lawful neutral lawful evil you can be neutral good neutral or neutral evil and you can be chaotic good neutral or evil okay and, but they've they've kind of expanded it, so now you can do things like be chaotic neutral. So you're a neutral. Wait, no, no, that just goes. I'm just saying it backwards from what it is. Right. You can be chaotic neutral. Yeah, but 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 from the table that you're describing, it would be neutral chaotic. No, 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 no. They, Never mind. No. Nope. I'm no. I'm all confused. Anyway, um. So okay, I play I. Honestly, I play video games lawful good most of the time, but then, but so like, okay, with this, not that I play video games that really give me the chance to do that, like really like a lot, but you know, so I I played Infamous fairly recently and like that gives you a choice between, you know, essentially the same thing, like Infamous or, you know, like good, like you get honor or I, I forget how they refer to it, but it's basically good or bad. And, uh, and if people are afraid of you, you know, like like people view you differently and you get different tasks and stuff, but like there are some like tasks that are unavoidable and it's, but it's like, it makes you more, you know, afraid, more evil points, you know? So it's like, I'm, I'm sitting here playing this game, like going like completely good, doing everything that's good. And like people are like loving me. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, the game is structured now, like I've done an evil thing. And like, I lowered my, my standing or I gave myself, you know, you know, closer to getting horns or whatever it is, like the, the ultimate, you know, and so it's like, well, damn it. But like at the same time, it doesn't really matter. And so then it's like, well, fine, fuck it. I'm going to start a new game and see what it, what it gets me to just be completely an evil bastard and just kill everyone. And like, no, fuck your, <laughs> fuck your strategy. <laughs> see, I, I, I kind of get script. that a little bit with uh, with the Red Dead so far because there's this thing in Red Dead where when you're in a town, sometimes you'll just walk past a person and they'll challenge you to uh, to a uh, a duel. Uh-huh. They'll be like, you know, meet me in the center of town and we'll and we'll duel it out. And even if you're good, like you your fame will always rise when you do a duel if you win. If you die, then you're dead and you have to go back to your last save point. But um if you win, then your fame will always rise, your honor doesn't go anywhere. But after you win the duel, everyone in the town, like if you walk towards them, they go screaming away from you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you just killed a man. Yeah. Of everybody. Well, which brings me to uh, what do you think you are as an actual person with with uh, that kind of orientation? Oh, man, probably chaotic neutral. <laughs> <laughs> 
See, I, I, I have, I have guesses for both of you. So, Zach, what, Zach, what do you think you are? Uh, I'm probably either lawful or neutral good, I'd like to think, but maybe a bit towards neutral. So, my guesses were: James, I had you as chaotic good. Okay. Zach, I had you as lawful neutral. I think I'm either true neutral okay. or chaotic neutral, and I don't know. Okay. And I could take a million internet quizzes, but that's not going to actually tell me anything <laughs> about my life. <laughs> so I just have to just watch things and see how it goes. <laughs> exactly. Just see how it plays out. You'll know later. You'll yeah. know afterwards. I've taken a million friends quizzes, and I always end up as Gunther, and I don't want to be Gunther. <laughs> <laughs> What, uh, okay, are you Harry Potter enough to tell me what house you'd be in, you guys? I'm Gryffindor. Okay. It's been long enough since I've read anything about Harry Potter. I don't remember what the other houses other than Gryffindor and, and Slytherin are. So, for Zach, um, I'm gonna, I have to look. I'm gonna I have guess. One of you guys tell me what the other houses are. I, it, it, the other Hufflepuff houses are. Ravenclaw. Exactly. And I'm gonna guess that you are a Hufflepuff, even though you take tests like a Ravenclaw. I uh, actually I take tests like a Hufflepuff 100%. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, across the board every test they've taken is just like Hufflepuff. Like no no other like you know. So yeah. Oh, I mean when, college when exams. When came out in beta? Oh yeah, yeah. College exams? Oh, yeah. For for college exams, I think that Zach takes college exams like a Ravenclaw, but he in his yeah. life is a Hufflepuff. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go with that. I don't know enough about <laughs> about the houses to uh, say one way or the other. Oh, but yeah, Pottermore. I mean, did you guys? Did you? Well, clearly not you guys, because Zach, you didn't do it. But James, did you ever do the uh, what's your Patronus? Uh, no, it, it, that wasn't around. I, I literally only did the beta, uh, like the first the first couple of rounds of the beta for Pottermore. Oh man, I should take it now. I wonder what it would mm-hmm. be. Probably would be like a bear. Probably realistically, mine's a beagle. A beagle. Mm-hmm. We one time when I was young, I was uh, probably six. My so my sister was five and my brother was four, maybe maybe a couple years older, you know. But it wasn't like ten or anything like that. Uh, my sister goes, "It's a bagel," <laughs> and I was, and I was like, "No, it's a bugle." <laughs> <laughs> We saw one driving a beagle. That is, so we not Got driving. It. The beagle wasn't driving. Although it yeah. doesn't look like it was. You know, it was like, whoa, that beagle's. You know, it, you know, owns the car. Back then, they could be autonomous and they could talk. Animals. All right, let's see. I want to. I want to do this right now. Even though, well, first of all, I'm going to do this. Zach, I'm going to sort you. It's going to take a second. Oh, I have to say join now. Okay. I'm going to put in your birth year and month just for continuity. Okay. All right. I'm going to say your name, but my email address. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) I don't want to hear more about it, but I will agree to the terms and conditions. Story of my life. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> okay. That's how um, I approach religion too. 
No, I don't want to hear more about it. But you know, essentially, I'll, I'll, you know, fine. Oh, I have to verify my email address. So now that's another thing that we're going to do. But Zach, for both of you, Zach, first we're going to sort you, and then for both of you, we're going to find out your Patronus, and it's going to take a second. All right. So All right. Verify Sweet. email address done. Refresh page. All right. So, Zach, we're going to sort you. There. Forest or river? Is that a, I've just picked between the two of them? Yes. Uh, forest. All right. Once every century... The flutterbee bush produces flowers that adapt their scent to attract the unwary. If it lured you, it would smell of a crackling log fire, the sea, fresh parchment, or home. Uh, the fire. That's what I figured. Okay. After you have died, what would you most like people to do when they hear your name? Miss you, but smile. Ask for more stories about your adventures. Think with admiration of your achievements. Or, I don't care what people think of me after I'm dead. It's what they think of me while I'm alive that counts. <laughs> that one. Okay. <laughs> Whew, this is a long one. All right. One of your housemates <laughs> has cheated in a Hogwarts exam by using a self-spelling code. Oh, no. Now he's come top of the class in charms, beating you into second place. Professor Flitwick is suspicious of what happened. He draws you to one side after his lesson and asks you whether or not your classmate used a forbidden quill. What do you do? Lie and say you don't know, but hope that somebody else tells Professor Flitwick the truth? Tell Professor Flitwick that he ought to ask your classmate and resolve to tell your classmate that if he doesn't tell the truth, you will? Tell Professor Flitwick the truth. If your classmate is prepared to win by cheating, he deserves to be found out. Also, as you are both in the same house, any points he loses will be regained by you for coming first in his place. Or, you would not wait to be asked to tell Professor Flitwick the truth. If you knew that somebody was using a forbidden quill, you would tell the teacher before the exam started. Oh. Uh, what, what was that? What <laughs> Oh my god, it was so long. What was the first two <laughs> options again? <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll break them down. Um, yeah. First one is tell the professor that he should ask him or lie and say you don't know and hope somebody else tells the truth. Uh, probably tell the professor to ask him. Alright. What are you most looking forward to learning at Hogwarts? Apparition and disapparition? Transfiguration, flying on a broomstick, hexes and jinxes, all about magical creatures and how to befriend or care for them, secrets about the castle, or every area of magic I can. Well, see, I, I forget what some of these even are. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Um, what, what's apparition and That's, what's transfiguration? Transfiguration is transforming just objects. Transforming things into mm -hmm. other things. Yeah. And apparition and disapparition is being able to materialize and dematerialize at will. Probably that one. I, 
Transfiguration, I believe, is specifically uh, it's like shape shifting. Yeah. Oh, Whereas okay. like transmutation is transforming objects, but I think transfiguration is like you can become like a cat or whatever. Right. Like Professor okay. or, Yeah. Uh, right. Apparition. If you were attending, if you were attending Hogwarts, which pet would you choose to take with you? Oh my God! There's so many options: a cat, <laughs> a, a tabby cat, a Siamese cat, a ginger cat, a black cat, a white cat, a tawny owl, a screech owl, a brown owl, a snowy owl, a barn owl, a common toad, a natterjack toad, a dragon toad. A harlequin toad, <laughs> or a three-toed tree toad. Is there, there's no uh, there's no option for none of the above. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, I guess just a plain owl. Plain old owl. Here we go. Yeah. Let me get back to that. Done. Okay. Which would you rather be? Envied, imitated, trusted, praised, liked, or feared. Trusted. Of course, you had to pick that one. All right. <laughs> Heads or tails? Heads. You got it. You're in Gryffindor. Really? Yep. Well, there you go. Don't, don't ask me why. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if the Patronus is shorter. <laughs> Less involved and in depth. Yeah. <laughs> now all of your personal information is online. How do you feel about that? <laughs> all right. I didn't ask for my social security number. <laughs> That's next. <laughs> oh, okay. Boy, this is loud. How do you determine your Patronus? All right, James, we're going to start with you on the Patronus. Just tell me all about it. That's fine. Yay. Let's keep going. There's all kinds of creepy music. Can you guys hear this? No. Oh, good. It's all in your head, my friend. Okay. James. Yes. Relax. Think of your happiest memory. I'm trying to go with the music. <laughs> Leaf, blade, or thorn? Blade. All right, we're going deeper in the forest. Dun, dun, dun. Rough or smooth? Rough. Yeah. Here we go, through some trees. And we're going through stone, wood, or earth? Stone. Okay. A wolf just howled. What is going on? <laughs> Um, oh, you're so close to a Patronus. Something's taking form. Together or alone? Together, clearly. Together. <laughs> One more question, you're nearly there. What? This is intense. Comfort, advise, or impress? Comfort. There we go. And... Maybe more trees, a lake. Click and drag 
Click dragon release for your Patronus. Okay, here I'm it comes. Doing it. Here it comes. Click dragon and release. Your Patronus it, I swear. is a sparrow. What? <laughs> okay. All right. Return to my profile. Let's see if I can do it again. Can I do it again? More about my Patronus? Can I retake it? Explore the story. No, I don't want that. <laughs> More features. No. No. <laughs> Re-Patronicize yourself. Is, is, just hit Re-Patronicize. There Re- should be a button. Uh, uh. <laughs> no, it's not working. Damn it. Zach, I'm going to give you a Patronus, and that is a... Um... An otter. Oh, ah. good. I was just thinking that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll accept it. Good. Thank God. <laughs> okay. Whew. Glad we're through that. What are we drinking tonight, guys? Uh, I am making round two, and I just ran out of my chin, so I'm on to solely... A hundred proof vodka. hundred proof. hundred right. proof. Ooh. Yeah, it was on sale. So I was like, wow. well, why not? Sure. So, uh, and I also ran out of Tom Collins. So I'm mixing it with the Diet Ginger Ale. Okay. And perhaps that's it. But we'll see what else <laughs> I've got. <laughs> okay. Zach, what do you got? I am just having some plain Jameson tonight. Okay. Nice. Trying to work through, I have a couple bottles of the plain Jameson, so I want to work through that before I finish off my, I have some slightly nicer Jameson and I have some Knob Creek, but I want to get through some of this cheaper stuff first. How nicer is the slightly nicer? Uh, like, uh... I think it's like a forty buck, forty dollar bottle instead of the twenty dollar bottle. What's like? What's the difference? Uh, it just goes down a lot smoother. I forget the the actual name of of it that's in there. It's been a while since gotcha. I looked that up, but it is a lot smoother. I think it's aged longer. It might be. Jameson types. Let's see what we got. There's a 2017 limited edition bottle. Cooper's Craze. Cask mates, original, black barrel, gold reserve, 12-year-old, or 18-year-old? The black barrel. Black barrel. Nice. Yeah. I like it. I'm drinking, I'm drinking Bud Light, because then I can stay alert the whole time. <laughs> I had a cablegram before we started, and I've been drinking Bud Light since then. Nice. Yeah, everyone... That- Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask if that was still the beer from your wedding. Yes. Was, <laughs> there's plenty of it. Uh, we 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 came home with lots of loose beer and then three 30-packs, two of Coors, one of Bud Light. And uh, we took the Bud Light to the first Halloween party on Friday. And then we took one of the Coors to the second Halloween party on Friday. So we're still working through the loose beer that's still in our fridge. We have another 30-pack of Coors Light, and uh, my wife brought home some Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale today, which I had earlier because it's one of the best beers that exists. Hmm. Yes, it is. Agreed. Agreed. 
love a celebration ale. The Sierra Nevada does a beer that's their best beer, in my opinion. It's called a state ale. Oh, interesting. It's really good. We had it. We went to uh, the Sierra Nevada tasting room in Berkeley. A state. A state. I think it's. I think it's a pun on a state sale. Oh, sure. A state ale. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So we went to the tasting room for Sierra Nevada and Berkeley because we were going to go to Chico and then everything on their website kept pointing me towards Berkeley. So I thought, well, they don't want me in Chico. I guess I won't go to Chico. Let's go to Berkeley. <laughs> it's the same Fine, distance. You bastard. Yeah. <laughs> same distance. So who cares? And uh, <laughs> it was great. The tasting room in Berkeley, is, I, I would always recommend it. Good news, fellas. I found lime juice. Woo! So added delicious. Yummy. You need at least three ingredients to make a cocktail, really. I learned that from Alton Brown. Yeah. Yeah. I could have added Pims, but then that's another liqueur. And that's and I also have uh, two different types of uh, vermouth. So mm. I did, but, but I wasn't all about that life just now. Sure. Understood. We used to have vermouth <laughs> until I kind of went, what are we doing? And got rid of it. Yeah, we don't drink martinis. <laughs> yeah. What is this shit? I don't like olives. I feel like in order to enjoy martinis, really, you have to like olives. Do you like any sort of like pickles or onions, though? Is there any sort of like, like thing like that that you're into? You know, not really. Munching on? Not really. No. Closest I get is maraschino cherries, and that's different. That is <laughs> slightly different. <laughs> They call that a maraschini. That's <laughs> a real drink, but it could be. Could be. We can look it up. Maraschini. Could be because what? It could be. And then I said, "Let me look it up." Maraschini. Oh. <laughs> Plural of maraschino. Ah. So no. Like confetto is the singular of confetti. Is that right? Yeah. The single. Yeah. Single confetti is confetto. That's weird. I know. I, you've never. Who would ever say it like that in one context? I guess the makers of confetti need to specify. But oh, I have a confetto in my eye. Right, right. <laughs> and then you just have I to. I got explain. a damn confetto in my shoe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just have to explain to everyone that you say that too. They're like what? Oh it's no, the, no, it's confetti. It's yeah. the singular of confetti, don't you know? Right. <laughs> you can imagine a sketch. Like I've got a confetto in my eye, and they're like, "What?" It's confetti. And then finally at the end of it, somebody else throws one more in his eye and he's like, now it's confetti. <laughs> well, that kind of takes us back to D&D because that's dice is actually plural. Yeah, it's a die, but I hate saying it that way. You have to when you're uh, playing D&D. I know. Okay, <laughs> so I read a while ago that the plural of octopus, which I've grown up thinking was octopi, is wrong. It's not hmm. octopi. It's actually octopodes. What are your thoughts? Um, I think that sounds like stupid. You think it's horseshit, right? That's <laughs> yeah. what I thought as well. However, no, uh, I see it. I see it, it here. It can go. Yeah, it can go either way. They said because ah. people got up in arms. People were really upset. They were like, "No, fuck you! How dare you take away octopi?" And then they were like, "Okay, but straight up, like it could be octopodes based on how we got this word." And uh, you know, sure. <laughs> No, that's very. It's that's. There's something I I saw some video. I went down some stupid hole on YouTube about um, since English is a Germanic language, like how to speak English 
as an actually Germanic language. Yeah, that's interesting. Because Germanic languages do not take things from Latin or anything like that. So bookshelf is totally Germanic because it's a shelf for books. So it's a bookshelf. Right. But like what? Trying to trying to think of other of other things. Okay, so like a hamper versus laundry basket. Huh, like you don't okay. you wouldn't say hamper, you would say clothes basket. Right. Because it is a basket for clothes. It is not whatever hamper derives from. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But also, back to your octopi thing, English is not people people love to to attach all these rules to English and say that this is actually the correct thing, and that's yeah. not how English works. No. Did no, you know that no, that in fact ain't was uh common commonly used by very wealthy people and very very astute and learned people up until common people started saying it? Really? Uh <laughs> Early to mid eighteen hundreds, your huh. your Knob Hill people were saying "ain't" all the time, and then Mister John Q. Public started saying "ain't," so they switched back to "isn't." Huh? Yeah. I'll be damned. Not surprised. I'll be dipped. Yeah, ain't <laughs> ain't is just as valid a word as "isn't." I read somewhere similar you know, on a similar vein that like people doing things specifically because of like their cast in life. That the reason that we uh, switch. So, so I was brought up to cut my food with my right hand, my knife in my right hand, then switch over to eat also with my right hand and the fork. Hmm. Right. And the, and whereas before, uh, in, in like old Britain, the proper way to eat is with the fork turned upside down and the knife still in your right hand and you shovel things onto the back of the fork and then eat with your fork upside down. Right. And that's the proper way to do it. So I, you know, but, but, I read somewhere that the reason that we do it the other way was to sort of like flip the bird to the queen and say, no, like I'm going to do it as an American, like and completely, you know, flip the script on how we're supposed to eat properly. So this is something my father-in-law brings us up every time I eat a meal with him. Um, where in Europe to this day, you put your fork in one hand and your knife in the other. And yeah. it doesn't really matter which. You, right. cut, you cut with one, and then you take your fork and you eat it, and you don't set any utensils down. Right. But in America, we're taught, like you said, you cut, and then you set things down, and then you pick up your fork and you eat. Right. Which is just, it's, it doesn't, I'm in the middle of it. Why am I going to stop the whole <laughs> process? <laughs> so you don't cut all of your food first and then eat all at once? Oh, no, no, no. Like if I'm having a steak, I will cut a piece off the steak and eat it. And then I'll cut another piece off and eat it. And I do this thing, which started a million years ago when I had, I had a friend who, uh, she was a friend I had from, from a youth group at church. And she asked me one day if I was right-handed or left-handed. And I said, why don't you watch what I do and find out? (laughs) And so I, I, I did not write around here very often because I'm right-handed, but um, we did eat because we had all these different youth group functions where we were eating. And so I had I started this habit that I continue to this day where I will hold my fork and knife in separate hands and I will cut something and eat whatever I cut. And then I will switch hands with my between my knife and fork and I will do the same thing again. 
And so that's just how I eat is I take a bite and then I switch. And now my knife is in another hand and my fork is in another hand and I eat, take a bite. And okay. Switch back. Just in case you ever encounter this woman again. Yeah. Which, which isn't going to happen. It's just something that's now a habit. And now I just, I, that's, that's just how amazing. I eat. Yeah. <laughs> Are the two of you friends on Facebook? I don't believe so. I don't, I don't think so. All that often. Okay. To me either. In fact, I I was about to delete it today. I'm not going to lie. Do it. Yeah. All right. Speaking as someone who hasn't had a Facebook for uh, about two years now, do it. You, you just all right. you, Just do it. I'll be happier. I know. I know I will. Yeah. Theater is the only reason that I have it still active. No, no, no. Don't give it the power. Do I know. not. I, you know? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was the that was the big switch for me. Was at some point I like made I got rid of it and then when I started dating my wife, I got it again just so I didn't miss out. I didn't check it very often, but sure. just so I didn't miss out, I got it again. And then that turned into doing things with theater stuff and just like people would start groups to talk about important things and yeah in my mind these aren't things that you talk about on facebook facebook is not for like hard scheduling of meetings and stuff that's why we have email <laughs> Static, why are you and yeah s- and so then i would miss meetings and i would get called and they'd be like we're having a meeting why aren't you here and I'd be like i don't know what when did you tell me about this like oh we posted it on facebook this morning i'm like okay Oh, this morning? Yeah. Not on Facebook every day, you dick. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so at a certain point, I decided to stop giving it the power because that was me giving it the power, just plain having a profile that I didn't check very often. And so I was like, no, goodbye. And so they go, oh, we put it on Facebook. I'm like, okay, great. That's nice for you. When were you going to let me know? Right. Did you text me? No, you did not. (laughs) Yeah. You have a hundred. There's a hundred other ways that people can get a hold of me and... Yeah, Facebook is. I don't. I don't care. Now, Zach and I've brought no. this up with. I brought this up with Zach. <laughs> Something that I am fake mad about, but not actually mad about. Zach had the same profile picture on his Facebook from two thousand <laughs> two thousand six <laughs> until halfway yeah, it wasn't to. That early. It was uh, like two thousand eight, I believe. It was winter. We no, were in, no, wait, 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 wait. We were in high school, when, so two thousand seven yeah. at the latest. 2007 or 2000, early 2008. Yeah. Okay, that's perfect. So, so how do you look? Do you look very different than that picture? Well, not not too much, but I mean, obviously, you looked quite a bit older. Here's here's where I get offended, but not actually (laughs) offended. So Zach had this picture that has his profile picture for almost ten years. The same thing. Yeah, and and it it was was like a running joke too. Yeah. Uh, because I just refused to change it. It was me, Zach, and two of our friends who happened to be two other of the groomsmen in my wedding. Then I get married, and Zach changes his profile picture to be those three and not me. <laughs> so because I had a major event, now Zach has to cut me out of the picture, and now I'm clearly not his friend anymore. Yeah, that's exactly it. I'm like, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just like, oh, I should change it. And, you know, I, I waited a day or two, and I'm like, oh, it's going to take 
it's going to take a while before we get the actual wedding pictures out. And I'm like, but I already have this one with uh, me and the other Jew, so I'm just going to update it. <laughs> and then, like, 15 minutes, 20 minutes after I update it, Christine posts on the picture saying, oh, man, CJ loves that you changed the picture to one from his wedding, but he hates the fact that he's not in it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I should have I should have known that was coming. <laughs> it was outdated pictures of all of us. This is back when I had yeah. long hair. James, I used to yeah. have long hair. Wow. It was so, it was so long. It was and so long. I'm wearing a beanie, and you can still see every strand of hair on my head. Wow. Yeah, very old picture, yeah. <laughs> and we were we were on our way to like I don't even remember what we were doing. We we're going up to the snow. Is that what it was? Yeah. Hence the beanie. Exactly. That would make sense. We're all dressed in snow clothes. Let's see if I can see it with my current fake Facebook account that I have. Which I have, James, this is a little life hack for you. I have a Facebook account that's a totally made up name. And um, a totally – there's no picture or anything like that. Oh, Zach. I, just, I, I sent it. Yeah. Yep, so just, I, I think I have my, my Facebook pretty closed off to people that are on my phone. I tried to do that, but it made me take a picture. So I tried to take a picture of my dog, and it told me that I was, I was not taking a picture of a person. So it locked that email. And I was like, damn it. Because, I, you know, I came up with, with a fairly clever name that I thought, like, oh, that's – that could be me, you know, but yeah. but no. All right, there we go. He just it sent the picture. Work. Yeah, I remember this. Man, we're young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> December 30th, yeah. 2007 is printed right there on the photo. Wow. Yeah. Gentlemen, that's that's almost 10 years ago to date. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so the, yeah. the life the life hack is even if you delete your Facebook, make a fake Facebook. Uh-huh. Because then you can follow links. You know what I mean? Oh, like, as long as it right, yeah, sure. Like sure. for instance, my favorite restaurant slash bar in town is Whiskey Barrel, and Whiskey Barrel doesn't have a very good website, and they don't really update anything on Yelp or anything like that. They only do Facebook, and so if I want to know anything about what's going on at Whiskey Barrel, I have to go into Facebook, and I can't see it unless I have an account. So I just have a fucking account. So <laughs> my name's Thomas. Just because it's easier now. <laughs> exactly. My name's Thomas Brady. Don't add me, and. <laughs> That's it. That's my Facebook. <laughs> I won't accept you. Yeah. I'm not going to look at it. I have my notifications. <laughs> I want to I look at my notifications here. See all. My notifications are a little notification I get from Facebook about once a month telling me to add a profile picture so that people can recognize me. Of course. <laughs> Man. Yeah, Zach. This is – Zach is a person who doesn't get cold. And well, s- and so it's f- I I notice as I'm as I'm getting older, I'm getting cold a lot easier. Uh, me too, dude. But like you're right. Like ten years ago, I was like I could be in the snow with my bare hands and like a t-shirt, and it's fine. But you yeah. both have Sorry lost. You off, no, no, no. You both have lost a good amount of weight. Ah, in, in the last yeah, 10 years. no, that that plays a role in the two for mine. That sure, was, but sure. I'm, so I'm looking at this picture of four guys heading up to the snow. There's two in jackets, one in a long sleeve thermal, and then there's Zach hanging out in a uh, t 
t-shirt. A thin, short-sleeved t-shirt, yeah. And potentially yep. shorts, because sometimes that's something he would do when we were heading to I the think snow. it was actually jeans that time. Okay, but it, it could have been shorts. Cause sometimes he would just go, eh, I'm just going to wear shorts. I'll yeah, be fine. fine. Yeah, yeah, I was woefully underprepared, though. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> in, in defense for you, you were commonly fine wearing those shorts. Yeah, if I I can't remember if that was the time that we ended up trudging through like knee deep snow because we decided that a big trees was too crowded, so we just drove up a ways. Or if that was another time, I think this was the time. But we big trees was too crowded for us. There's too many kids there, so after spending a couple hours there, we just drove up like another half hour, pulled over, and just started trudging through the woods. Yeah, perfect. This- yeah. yeah. Lucky we didn't get lost or hurt or something. <laughs> this is something my wife and I have tried to do and we're working on it as a yearly activity, going to the snow. Because for me, that's just something you do when you live here in the Central Valley. It's like, okay, it's wintertime. At least yeah, once. Yeah, you're an hour away. At least once, exactly. You need to go drive that hour and go up and just right. be in the snow. It's the, We live in the perfect zone. We're an hour away from the beach. We're an hour away from the mountains. You know, we're an hour away from the desert, if that's what you're into. Yeah. You know, like it's it's literally any kind of like topology that you're after. Topography. Sorry. Topography. Sure. It's, uh, it's there. It's within an hour, an hour and a half. You know. Yeah. And so something we've worked on, we didn't do it last year because we had a newborn baby and that just didn't seem like something you do with a newborn baby. <laughs> and we tried the year. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we tried to do it the year before that and bring our dog thinking that our dog would have a great time. And we got her like, you know, a jacket and some little shoes and stuff. So she wouldn't freeze her ass off in the snow, but she didn't have a great time. So we did it two years, was it two years the ago. The car ride up there or was it uh, the actual snow? It was both. I mean, and cause for the car ride, I, we, I drive everywhere that we go. And at the time I had my pickup truck. Oh yeah. That's, pretty cramped well we just we put her her cage she has a pretty big cage you know it's big enough she can stand up and stuff in there but we just she went into her cage into the back of the truck that i had strapped into the back of the truck and it just it wasn't good it wasn't it was just a bad idea if and when we go to the snow this coming year the dog is not coming (laughs) (laughs) but the baby can handle it she's almost she's she's moments away from walking so she should be fine Oh, oh my yeah. god, she's so big already. Oh yeah, she's she's crawling. She's like a little person. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's interesting. I just actually yesterday I rearranged everything in our living room slash dining room to make more just floor space. More crawl space. Yeah. yeah. Because she's all over. And so it's an interesting thing to just kind of sit back and watch your baby crawl around and just like go, I'm not going to get involved. I'm going to let her crawl and find the danger and go, okay, right. that yes. is danger I need to get rid of. Great. <laughs> Sharp corner. <laughs> yep. Oh, an exposed outlet that I didn't even know I had. Yeah. Stuff like that. She has a bruise on her head right now because I didn't realize she has a walker thing too. You know, the little like car sort of thing and they walk around. Sure, yeah. She has that. And I didn't realize that when one of the leaves is up on the dining room table, because she goes full speed. She just runs in this thing. (laughs) And she was just running and I didn't realize that the table was just low enough that she smacks her head on it if she tries to go under the table. (laughs) 
Ouch. Yep. So it's like, okay. But hey, congrats on having a tall ass kid. Yes. So uh, she's not that tall for her age so far. But uh, (laughs) it's like learned, okay, either uh, keep the leaf down or don't let her try. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. That's one of the things that scares me the most about like, like having a kid is like house is like baby proofing my house. Like I mentioned before, like I have like the chemicals literally on the lowest ass shelf because just that's, you know, where there was openings when I was putting away the chemicals. Like Mm -hmm. it's not like it wasn't at all. Nothing, nothing is geared towards having a baby, you know, or, or toddler or small child or anything like that. Like it's, yeah. Well, the thing is, um, let me just type one more word. Okay. The thing that I've learned about baby proofing your house is. They're not going to get into everything immediately. Sure. So as long as you're paying enough attention, you can slowly baby-proof your house. For right now, I'm in a weird place because she just took a major leap and went from I can set her on the ground and then that's just where she is to you no, know, she can just get wherever she wants to go. Right, because crawling. Yeah. And so that's a little more of a jump, but... Basically, if you're paying attention, nothing's really going to happen because you just pay attention. But right. Don't don't put your kid in the living room and then like go take a shit for an hour. Just <laughs> see that's what I'm attention. talking about. I can't have I can't have these types of interruptions. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now let me just tell you because I'm a fan of the luxurious shit. We got well, there's there's places there's the crib there's a little playpen over here where everything's fine I can just set her there and everything's gonna be fine she might not like being there but she cannot hurt herself she cannot hurt herself I know everything's taken care of she's been fed her diaper is not you know wet or dirty or anything like that everything's gonna be fine there's things there to occupy her and so even if I like go okay you're gonna go in the playpen now and I'm daddy's gonna go poop then. It's not going to be that long of her complaining about it because eventually she'll go, oh, look at that. I got my stuffed tiger right there. I can like <laughs> yeah, hold that and yell right at my it. Mouth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Baby, I yes. often wonder yeah. like like before like language sets in really like are you able to distinguish between waking and dreaming? You know what I mean? Yeah. When, well, like when does that really happen? For, for a person. No, it's interesting because I look at I look at things like like my dog, and so I know through online research that dogs cannot dream of anything they have never experienced. Sure, right. And our dog was a rescue. We got her from the the animal shelter, and my dog has bad dreams all the time. Yeah, like what are you running from, little dog? Yeah, it's not even running from like she's just laying there and then she's just whimpering and crying like she doesn't yeah. do in actual life. And I'm just thinking like, oh, my God, what have you experienced that, that makes you do that? And so I wonder if that's kind of like maybe the base point for babies or maybe we're right. more advanced than babies. And so or more advanced than dogs, I mean, so babies can dream of anything. Ooh, that's scary. Yeah. Cause even interesting to think about, yeah. Yeah, because even like even the weirdest dreams. So it's so it's 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 hard to parse. Even the weirdest dreams that you've ever had, it's they're probably based on at the very least something that you've imagined or seen in a movie, or right, or some enough sort of about or some yeah something like that. And so yeah, I 
I, I know what you mean. How do babies ex- distinguish? It's like the old joke about uh, husband and wife, where the wife is mad at the husband because of something that the husband did in the wife's dream. Yeah, <laughs> right. Which happened to me, you know, last month. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. We. Jenny and I, we love to talk about each other's dreams because she ha- she dreams completely different than I do. Like, I, first of all, I lucid dream a lot. And most of the time in my dreams, like, I can fly or float, you know, and I deal with fairly real situations, right? But, like, in her dreams, she's always running and she's always, like, terrified. And there's, like, some, some like, it's hyper-realistic. Like, it's, like, she'll be at work and then, like, all of a sudden there'll be a terrorist there like shooting everyone and she's watching her coworkers get shot and fall and die. Oh my god. You know. Yeah, like it's re- it's hyper realistic and I'm like, "Oh no, dude, like in my like there's not that level of realism in my dreams, but there's always a level of like like none of this can touch me, none of this can phase me. Once I'm once I'm like fully aware, it's time to fly, like it's time to go. <laughs> like let's lucid dream and let's fly and let's see what else we can experience, you know? And like I I wish I wish that I could like like go into her dreams and like save her. You know, and vice versa. Like, I wish I could pull her into my dreams and show her, like, hey, look, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, see, I have I have things where, so I have recurring dreams that I, to this, I've had since I was a child. And to this day, I don't know what they're actually about. Because if I try and put it into waking world words, it doesn't sound it, like right. anything. It goes away, right. And, and but I, I have them all the time. And so I, I, I have a real issue with bad dreams. And that's part of why I'm bad at sleeping. But sometimes I have recurring dreams that's so like I have one here in a note that I can read you the note. I wrote myself three and a half years ago as I woke up in the morning. So it's it's it looks like it's at five thirty AM. So it's this recurring dream. I'm in a swimming race that turns into a tree a tree jumping swinging race. The whole time I am on the phone with someone else running the race. People die a lot in this. I end up jumping past a guy who is too scared to go on. And then in parentheses, I have the names of two people it could have been. Because you know how you like, it was you, but it wasn't you kind of thing. Right, yeah, yeah. And I, and I know based on the two people that I thought it might be that this just is a representation of someone in my life who I feel is a weak person. Okay. Just based on, I'm not going to say their names, but based on the two people I think it might be. Um, he is soothed through song. By a motherly camp person. And then again, in parentheses, the people it might be. And again, these are people I've kind of view as motherly. I join in the song. What is the song? The race suddenly becomes an obstacle course. I accidentally die. But I think it's a hoax. So like I'm dead and I'm like, yeah, right. But I'm not dead. And people around me going, no, you're, you're dead. You died. You definitely are, bro. I'm told it's real. So I go across the street to hang out with the other ghosts, picking up trash in the middle of the road. Boy, this is weird. (laughs) I don't like where this is going. And that's it. That's the end of the dream. And the end of the dream is like, I'm in the middle of the road as a ghost, like with the big pokey thing, putting trash into a trash bag, picking up the litter in the middle of the street because ghosts have that job since we can't be hurt by the cars that might suddenly come up and right. Run us over. No, clearly. Yeah. That's what purgatory is. Right. Yeah. Huh. That's my dream. I've have had that ever, dream many times. Have you ever seen the show dead? Like me? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I have not. Oh, you gotta oh. watch it. 
It's got a Nigo Montoya. Another thing to add, Don Do it. It's there's not that many episodes. No, it's surprisingly sad. I mean, it's it's not surprisingly sad. It's sad that they ended it surprisingly shortly. Yeah, abruptly, as it were. It's got a Nigo Montoya as the head dead person. The head reaper. Yeah. yeah. Mandy Patinkin. You know, it looks like it might be on Hulu, so I might be able to watch it. Ooh, is it's it on, on Hulu? HBO, I believe. It was an HBO series. I, oh, was it? Oh, well, I yeah. can definitely watch it until I, I have HBO for Game of Thrones. See, I think it was yeah. a Showtime. Oh, it might have been. If it's see. Showtime, then not. But it could be on Hulu, somewhere. even if it was a Showtime. Let's see. It was on yeah. Showtime. But let me check Hulu. Go ahead. Go ahead, James, with the description of it. Oh, uh, so basically, uh, when you die, sometimes you get signed up to to be in uh, a service for X amount of years in the core of being a Grim Reaper. Uh, and so your job now becomes to usher uh, people's souls into the afterlife. And you don't know what the afterlife is, and you still live on the earth, and you have to have a, a, you know, a, a day job. Uh, but you don't. You no longer look like yourself, and you know you're not allowed to like meddle in your old former life. Um, hmm. But you know, and then so like you have to go around and like be around when people die, and then usher their soul into you know the afterlife. And so this girl okay. uh, dies abruptly by having a space toilet, a toilet from the space station, fall on her, uh, and and like explode her to a bunch of pieces. Yeah, and so, uh, but then she becomes one of these Grim Reapers, and then they give her a different body and a different face, and she has to go and, and get like a temp job somewhere so that she can afford rent. Yeah, they're all and like they're she, like, like coffee, like people who work in coffee shops and stuff like that. Like, yeah, nothing yeah, that would ever make a, a big thief. dent on society, and yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But they're also Grim Reapers. It is on Hulu. Huh. Awesome. Oh, okay. And every morning they have to awesome. meet in a diner, and Mandy Patinkin gives them a post-it note with the names. Their assignment, yeah. Well, not names necessarily, but the locations and times that they need to – they kind of mark people just by touching them. So they yeah. go, just just to prep their soul to leave the body. Interesting. So if the soul isn't prepped to leave the body, then the soul dies with the body. Uh, right. Or so – Okay. And as, as a courtesy – you pull it out right before something gruesome happens because then the soul looks just like that person. And right. Then, so it doesn't necessarily die. You pull them out afterwards and then they they are look mangled for all of eternity in whatever place they go to. Right. Fun. You know, and yeah. sometimes they might not decide to go, you know, and sometimes they might fight you on it. Sometimes they might just go willingly. So Yeah, it's very it's very interesting. Yeah, there's two seasons. Uh, season one, 14 episodes, season two, 15 episodes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's not long then. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very good. I remembered. I don't remember how I found this, but I loved it. Deadlight. I mean, it sounds interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to check it out. I have a couple other shows I'm juggling right now, so it might be a few weeks, but I'll check it out eventually. I started, uh, I started Big Mouth. What do you think? I love it so far. I just can't pay enough attention yet. <laughs> I'm not just just because the just for how my nights have gone. I can't pay enough attention to it. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, like I can't I can't watch yeah. something new. 
I, I have to right, watch something sure. I know. It's old hat. So yeah. right now I'm mostly watching Arrested Development, but I'll usually start with an episode of Big Mouth and then I'll move on to Arrested Development because I can fall asleep and not miss anything. I've watched Arrested Development enough times that I know. Totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. 